It's Saturday morning. You have no work, but you're still up early. Everything is quiet around. Slow. And you're not really awake yet either. Put the coffee on. It's the perfect time to read some poetry. Morning Poetry with Elisa and Platon. Coffee's getting a bit cold. The first poem was? Less known poem by a better known author. Okay. I think you didn't do your homework either. <laughs> you don't see anything. I have something. I just don't know how popular it is or how well known or whatever. I don't think it's in many syllabi. Syllabi. Yeah. Unless it's a, like specialized, that's what I think. I may be wrong if any English teachers want to weigh in on this. I chose one of my favorite poets from one of my favorite books. It's... and I know that I'm, I'd never heard of her when I was supposed to in class, and I discovered her later, but Dream of a Common Language by Adrian Rich. Yeah. To me, it feels like all of these poems should be very, very well-known, but maybe they're not. She's in the syllabi. <laughs> she, she is, but the, so the point of the section is well-known poet, but not well-known poem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how well-known this poem is, but my, I, the one I chose, I chose something that's not too long, because she does write long poems here, which is like a, a weak spot for me. Um, and it's called Upper Broadway? I don't know it. You don't know it, okay. Well, that, that's gonna have to do. So I'll, I'll read it and then you can tell me what you have. Three streets away, a roof collapses onto people who thought they still had time. Time out of mind. I have written so many words wanting to live inside you, to be of use to you. Now I must write for myself, for this blind woman scratching the pavement with her wand of thought, this slippered crone inching on icy streets, reaching into wired trash baskets, pulling out what was thrown away, and infinitely precious. I look at my hands and see they are still unfinished. I look at the vine and see the leaf bud inching towards life. I look at my face in the glass and see a half-born woman. 1975. Wow, I enjoyed that. I usually don't like poetry about writing, but I enjoy this. 
it's not just about writing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Generally, there is this like tendency, maybe from at, especially young writers, that just write about being a writer. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's usually not very good. Um, but I think all of the, this entire collection is self-reflective of more kind of dimensions of her. She often, from what I remember in all the poems I've read, she often kind of writes as a writer and mentions it, but also mm. she has uh, like her identity as the voice of the poet in the whole collection is all is both writer and poet and woman and lesbian and all of these things all always coexist and it's it's also very kind of personal in writing it's not about yeah anyone else really yeah the book has like three sections the this is the the wait is it the yeah it's the second poem of the third section called not somewhere else but here and the previous section ends with like the best or you know, my favorite one uh, which is uh, 21 uh, 21 love poems mm -hmm. which is one of like the very long ones that it's like almost as long as jeff can you read the last section or the last page <laughs> the last page why or the last line i don't know i love last lines you know <laughs> i will read the this is so unconventional and, and rebellious. I will read the, the 21st love poem in this 21 love poems. Just because you asked, but I was, I was gonna say that like I've mentioned Jeff twice and you know, for anyone who hasn't read like Crush, it's like, what the hell is Jeff? Okay, so this is number 21 on 21 love poems. The dark lentils, the blue and foreign stones of the great round rippled by stone implements, the midsummer night light rising from beneath the horizon. When I said, a cleft of light, I meant this. And this is not Stonehenge simply, nor any place but the mind casting back to where her solitude, shared, could be chosen without loneliness. Not easily, nor without pains to stake out the circle, the heavy shadows, the great light. I choose to be a figure in that light, half blotted by darkness, something moving across that space, the color of stone greeting the moon, yet more than stone, a woman. I choose to walk here and to draw this circle. Yeah, it's better in, in, in the context of 21 love poems. It's not sequential necessarily, more thematically it's uh, but uh, yeah. She, I remember when you um, first got that book mm. and you <laughs> were obsessed by. Yes, I was very excited. Yeah, I, I, it was like a revelation like, oh my god, she's amazing. There was a poem you sent me, um, maybe twice, <laughs> or that I read many times. Day and Night or something like that? Uh, Nights and Days, I think it's called, yes. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up again. Nights and days, yes. The stars will come out over and over, yeah. Also, was she the 
older or the younger in her relationship? She was the older I, woman. I don't know. Okay. Like, it has what can be read as biographical details in the poems. I just don't know how real they are because I never looked into it. I'm, I ju I've just read the poems. I yeah. know some things about her life, but not, you know, like the ages of her relationships or whatever. So I don't know. Well, it was, uh, I think, a very large difference and very interesting story, but mm. I forgot. I kind of wanted to read me days and nights or... <laughs> Another time. This is... Um, yeah. As I was saying, I didn't do my homework, but I got a few books when I was trying to set up a meeting. <laughs> um, I thought we'd go back to our Leonard Cohen. Yes, please. I actually thought a couple of days ago to ask you to read me something from The Flame because I don't have it. I, I haven't had it for like, I don't know, a couple of years now. And mm -hmm. I haven't read most of the poems in The Flame. And can you read whatever you were gonna read and also the Kanye West poem? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So I don't know what I was gonna read, but I marked this one page, apparently, with a little mm -hmm. riqueta. Mm -hmm. do you call it? A little ear? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, dog ear, yeah. It's the only one that I marked. I usually, like, put a few mm -hmm. called Come Healing. Oh, Come Healing, yes. Oh, shit, you know it. Okay, I'll pick uh, another yeah. one. Because I think that you're in the songs uh, section, so if you're in the songs section, then I know all of them because they're songs. If you in the beginning, there's just poems, and that's where the newer poems are. You're right. I was in the lyrics. And, yeah. And uh, the the lyric section, it's like songs that he's uh, done in the last few albums. Yeah, but um, isn't thanks for the dance also? A song. It is. But this is in the poem section. Yeah, but thanks for the dance came after the book. Okay. Okay, okay. So so I'm going to get a random one. Yes. <laughs> okay. I picked a very short one. Uh, it's called Watching the Nature Channel. The boredom of God is heartbreaking. Fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. <laughs> okay. And then there's a little drawing. Um, Classic. You see? Yes. And his deformed face says, The importance of a previous existence as a fish has been exaggerated. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Uh, since it's so short, I'm gonna look for another one as well. Yes. I love the little drawings. Yeah. This is called Unbiblical. I thought I'd get away, but now I have to stay. I think I'd better say, as usual, 
It wasn't up to me, I heard the stern decree. I wasn't meant to be that beautiful. Some people catch the bus, they're luckier than us. In spite of all the fuss, they're credible. They want to get on board, they don't like to be ignored. They're children of the Lord, they're terrible. You've heard this all before. I had some, but they had more. I was rotten to the core, but merciful. And that was my mistake. I didn't kill the snake. I gave the snake a break. Unbiblical. <laughs> <laughs> my God, it makes me so happy. <laughs> um, and you can really hear the musicality there. Another self-portrait. He looks very confused, and it says next to his hair, "How to get out of what?" <laughs> this is so beautiful, though. Oh my God, I want to read it again. And it's like, I don't know if it's because um, his poetry is so lyrical and musical, but you hear his voice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's written like he always kind of uh, wrote in... Well, really what he did was kind of just write in a s sort of meter and rhyme scheme, which you don't hear much anymore. Yeah. It sounds like reading like a Robert Frost where you know like after the first two three lines you know how it should it like you know how it's supposed to sound in like da 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 yeah. da 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 which is easy to memorize makes it easy to memorize yeah but also i don't i don't know whether he wrote like that because he got used to writing songs or whether he always write wrote like that so they were easy to make into songs or um but you like this poem could easily be made into a song without changing anything because yeah you just kind of adopt the rhythm of the lyrics yeah but also what i like that it did like with the uh, happens to the heart if mm. like if there was music in the background and he was reading this with a bit more of like um you know musicality that that would also be perfect yes. <laughs> like without a whole yeah, yeah, melody yeah. um in his voice mm -hmm. yeah i found a new favorite poem Kanye West is not Picasso. Yes, it's it's interesting to to me to see old established musicians who are kind of also established as important, like culturally important lyrical song songwriters, like Leonard Cohen or Nick Cave or whatever, talking about Kanye because it's such it's it's so. Like, I want more of this contact between worlds, because we still perceive them as being like completely alien to each other, but they coexisted for many years in the music scene. And, you know, like recently someone asked, or rec I don't know, it, it might have been like a year or two ago now, but like someone asked Nick Cave about Kanye, like, do you like Kanye? And he gave like a very thoughtful kind of answer, which shows that he knows Kanye's work. So like, that's really cool to me that they're not in a bubble of what, you know, because Nick Cave, he's like, you know, he had his prime decades ago. So he came up in the late eighties, Kanye came up like 15 years ago. So different generations, completely different styles, different audiences, but like he listens to him. And he did say that like, you know, as far as dedication to the craft goes, like Kanye is the most uh, 
kind of, I don't know if he said the most important, but definitely like, he, he definitely implied that Kanye is like the most dedicated artist of our generation now. Which shows that Nick Cave listened to, listens to Kanye. Again, it's weird. I don't think Kanye West has ever heard of Nick Cave or Leonard Cohen when, when the poem came out uh, because he is in his own bubble. He is like, whatever. But like in 2013, Kanye had like a, an ego kind of, what, what would you call it? Like an uh, ego trip. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was, he mo mostly he, he spent like a couple of years ranting against the fashion industry because they wouldn't allow him to be part of it. And he saw himself as someone who was worthy of uh, designing at the top level, but they wouldn't let him. Uh, and he's got some very interesting points to make about that, especially regarding race. But also, he was like, this is the period where all the conceptions we have about Kanye come from where he's like, I'm a genius. I'm standing up and I'm telling you I am Warhol. I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. I am Shakespeare in the flesh. Walt Disney, Nike, Google. So I'm pretty sure that that interview is where the title of the poem comes from, where he's like, Kanye West is not Picasso. Kanye West is not Picasso. Kanye West is not Picasso. I am Picasso. Kanye West is not Edison. I am Edison. I am Tesla. Jay-Z is not the Dylan of anything. I am the Dylan of anything. I am the Kanye West of Kanye West. The Kanye West of great bogus shift of bullshit culture from one boutique to another. I am Tesla. I am his coil, the coil that made electricity soft as a bed. I am the Kanye West, Kanye West thinks he is, when he shoves your ass off the stage. I am the real Kanye West, I don't get around much anymore, I never have. I only come alive after a war, and we have not had it yet. Does this sound like a Kanye West's speech? Or. It has a certain kind of... The repetition of the sentence structures is similar. So that's kind of reminiscent. Mm -hmm. So when he goes like, uh, Kanye West is not Picasso, I'm Picasso, Jay-Z is not Dylan. You know, I'm Dylan. So that's kind of like, you know, the same sentence structure. And Kanye da did that a lot. He was like, I am Shakespeare, I am this, okay. I am that. And, you know. But otherwise, I can't even tell what he th thinks of Kanye in this poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just yeah, enjoy yeah. it as a... I don't think it's about him. Because it's also, it's also funny. It's not like he's upset that Kanye said he's the next Picasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, first of all, that would be taking it a bit too literally, but also kind of, he's just like, I'm the Kanye West, Kanye West thinks he is, and... <laughs> So he adopts he adopts the Kanye ego. So it's it's not even satirical though. It's more like it loses all meaning, kind of just like it's riffing. It's just riffing on the Kanye speech. Yeah. Apart from the last lines, that I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is from 2015. Oh. 
brief parenthesis, this book has the best paper ever. It's like just such a pleasure. Even to look at the paper, you can see all the grains. It's amazing. And it's so thick. Oh, yeah, nice. So thick. Oh, my God. I love this type of paper. It's like a, I could do watercolors on it. But um, let's move on to our second part. Second part. Are you going or am I going? What's the second part? A poem that you read for the first time with me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for this, so I have two, two books here. Mm -hmm. One is the Poetry Magazine October 2019, uh, which is the, the latest issue I have. Um, because I, I get it from, uh, like, I get my poetry magazines from, like, yeah. physical bookstores and they've been shut. But also, like, I don't think I'm going to read from this. Also, it's very interesting that uh, the last issue they did, that I think just came out or something, it's, oh. uh, it's about in, uh, incarcerated po poets. And it was, like, a big controversy with uh, Poetry Magazine the past few days on Twitter because one of the poets on there used to be like i i don't think they're just getting prisoners to write it's more like prisoners who already kind of have something to not necessarily something to do with poetry but yeah they already were writing so to speak yeah so they they included this guy who was like a teacher at university and also like uh he had published stuff before but he's in prison for you know, child pornography. So there was a huge backlash on Twitter when they were saying like, how can you include this guy? He is like the worst of the worst. And yeah. you know, do you know that uh, he's in prison because the FBI investigated him and found like, I don't know, thousands of pictures on his computer and whatever. Yeah. And then Poetry Magazine kind of, I wouldn't say defended it, but kind of said like, oh, what you gonna do? because they had guest editors for the for this issue and they were like our responsibilities to the poetry and our guest editors i don't know either couldn't or didn't kind of do background checks on all the poets to see you know like what they were in for or whatever so it's it was a and everyone was mad at the magazine for the for this stance because they're pointing it out and the magazine is saying like, oh, what you gonna do? Instead of saying, you know, like, I, I assume people were expecting them either to pull the issue and do a new one or at least condemn, you know, you know, apologize. I, I think that's what the, the people were hoping for. That's... So then there was more. I, I don't know what happened with it now, but I'll just, I'm going to read from, uh, Maggie Nelson instead. I don't know what you think, but I think if you go taking poetry from incarcerated people, <laughs> you have to expect that they've been put in prison for something. And you must clearly think that uh, poetry is somehow on another realm from their moral conduct. So I, I don't know what people were expecting. Um, I mean, he's. It's, if it's not that, maybe they killed someone. Maybe they stole from a little old lady. They're in prison, <laughs> right? 
were the audience expecting like poetry from innocent people wrongly incarcerated finding redemption in their poetry or not redemption but like how do you say there um i don't know i'm just a bit surprised by the, the circumstances of i think it would have been better that way so if they had an issue not just about inca incarcerated people but about it's an American magazine, and America notoriously has a problem with uh, overcrowded prisons because of the war on drugs and whatever. When you know, like they put they put black people away for decades for just selling weed or whatever. So that would have been a, a better issue where you look at people in prisons who either shouldn't be there, you know, like a sort of project in a sense sort of thing, or people who, okay, they, they committed a crime, but they're serving an unfair sentence, like uh, very minor drug dealers who get decades, for example, or something else, but don't go asking for poetry from child molesters and uh, serial killers, let's say. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. Maybe that would have been a way to avoid all of this because pff, I don't know. Like no, no one's going, no one's going to mm. oppose a poem by a drug dealer because even if yeah. it's like yeah, 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 one of the biggest drug dealers ever who moved tons of coke and made millions. Even that is like yeah, you know. The drug dealing isn't the problem there, morally speaking. I don't think a lot of people are, you know, like, as appalled by that as kind of disgusting human behavior. Um, yeah. So the backlash wouldn't really exist. But if they focus on the people who are in prison right now for no good reason, then that would have been a, good, a better issue on its own. And also they would have avoided kind of like being in a moral tough place because how do you defend yeah. that really like I read that and I'm like oh my god I can't believe this and it's not like he was accused but nothing came out of it he was sentenced based on evidence from FBI investigation like I checked it out and yeah I don't know like who would want to I don't know maybe nah. anyway so I'm sure there's a market for all of that, oh, though. Of I mean, there's a market. I know enough people watching creepy documentaries to know that uh, poetry by serial killers would definitely. Um, yeah, but this is like the biggest poetry publication in the world in English, and um, I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, not that. Like, and also, it seemed to come without a warning, right? So. It's not like yeah. they put like, okay, this is not what we usually do, and it's like disturbing or whatever because, and I don't even know what the poems of the guy were. I'm like, what? I don't know. Like, I can't even guess anything. But presumably, it they're not about children. I hope, uh, because if they publish that, then they are even shittier than originally thought. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I'm just. I'm just gonna read Maggie Nelson. Okay. I'm just gonna read Maggie Nelson. Uh, something that I haven't read before. I will have a look. This is from the latest winter, and I think this is the first 
collection of poetry from her, or the second that was published in the UK, like from a UK publisher. Mm -hmm. I think it's different from what I expected having... So this was written before Bluets, but I heard of it after Bluets. So I think it's like I may have been expecting something different from quote-unquote the writer of Bluets. Not that it's bad, it's just like, oh, okay, so this is what Maggie Poems earlier... Uh, Maggie Poems... This is what Maggie Nelson's earlier poems sounded like. I'm intrigued. I'll just find a random one that I haven't read. Yes. So this is called Sunday. Okay. You work 10 hours in a hot kitchen, then sit at the bar and have a little gin. I know how it is. Don't misunderstand me. At least, not willfully. Some nights, when the moon is rising outside my gated window, I dress up for you. If you say you can't see me for a moment, I feel unspeakably lonely. There's a cone I know about a rowboat. This rowboat smashes into your boat along a river of fog. You get so angry, but then, as it floats toward you, you see there's no one driving the other rowboat. No one at all. I get so tired thinking about these things alone. I just want to call the same place home. Well, I had not read this before. It's very good. It's I very. Like it. um, I really like it. It's very intimate, but it feels really familiar, at least to me. I don't know. Does it feel mm. to you as well? Like, like you can understand it, like from the inside. Maybe she got something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. She wrote the, the Argonauts, so everyone knows yeah. a lot about her. <laughs> There's a new book coming out. By Maggie Nelson? Yes. Wow, when? Very, very excited. Beautiful. I don't know, have you read um, the, the, the Art of uh, Cruelty? No. It's, I think, the book she, she wrote before Bluettes, and uh, it's um, closer to the Argonauts than it is to Bluettes, for example, but it's... Uh, I would say less personal. It has personal elements, but it's not intimate. Okay. And it's more, more uh, critical, analytical thinking. She looks at uh, a lot of theory and mm. uh, art, uh, paintings and uh, plays and uh, exhibitions and uh, performative art. But there's not much of herself in it. Like, you know, Argonauts was very much, she put herself um, yeah. within all of that sphere of thought. But the art of violence, uh, the, the, the art of cruelty is not like that. And I think this new book is going to be more like the art of cruelty. Mm. I think it's called On Freedom. But I'm just waiting to see. I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna get it when it comes out. I'm not gonna read anything about it beforehand, like. Yeah, you're gonna get a copy though. Uh, of course. Sort of like review, fantastic. Oh, for review? Oh, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't asked for one. Uh, this is just like I, I will get a copy anyway. Like. Yeah. If they don't send me one, I will, I will buy my own, of course. But uh, maybe it would be interesting to. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very 
keen on reviewing Megan Nelson because it's it's like you know like reviewing your favorite writer it's you know who cares I want someone to review it who either is kind of skeptical about Megan Nelson or is new to Megan Nelson and it's like first impressions whatever like yeah I can I can write I can write that review now without having read the book. Oh, it's so good. It's well written, very thoughtful. I know it's going to be very good. Yeah, you're right. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I um. And also, I've, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of want to read. I want to write reviews about like more. I just want to write more nuanced reviews, so I, I don't yeah. review my favorite writers. So, yeah. I understand. Um. And it's very exposing. I understand that. Uh, I was reading a <laughs> Jack Kerouac quote from the other day. Uh, Don't reveal your soul. They're waiting just for just that. <laughs> and I think when you reveal someone that you adore, you're like <laughs> telling a bit too much, maybe. I have a very special book that I haven't opened yet just for the occasion. So this is called uh, Clean Asshole Poems by Peter Orlovsky. And the story behind why I say that it's a special book is that, well, it's a first edition. Uh, City Lights came out for $3.95p and it ended up being unfindable. So I've been looking it up on ABA Books, which is like uh, second-hand books. On Amazon, every copy is like over a hundred, and on ABA, they're like over a hundred, over two hundred, over three hundred pounds hmm. per book. Until I found a copy that was like cheaper, that came up, and I bought it the second. <laughs> nice. Nice. It came up, but they're all first editions, and I think maybe there was a second. And I've tried to look up the history of the publication, and what the hell happened? I cannot find what the hell happened with this book, but. There's like a few copies around the world. I, I've i never heard of that before. Yeah, and the point is that Peter Orlowski is like um, well acclaimed, you know? Yes, 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 yes. It's like his collection and I think, I don't know if he had another one. I think it's his main, you know, his main poetry collection. Maybe he had another little one, but I don't know, like Williams called him like the most talented poet of the generation when in that generation there were many poets <laughs> that were really good like Williams well Williams was like uh, 50 years older not 30 whatever but um, well he did live long he, yeah 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 right he lived very long but yeah so I, I've been shocked I've been trying to get this book forever I'm really happy I finally have it well you have it now if you're, you know, like, if you find yourself in financial troubles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I find it, I have no idea how to look up uh, the whole publication history in detail, because I tried and I find nothing, but it must be out there. <laughs> so it's a mystery for me for now. I'm going to pick up a random one. Very excited because I haven't read anything from yes. it. I've been waiting. <laughs> oh, and it smells like so incredibly good. I cannot say how good it smells. It's like all ruined. 
Um, okay, I'm not gonna read this one. Why? Is it too dirty? It's very, very, uh... <laughs> no, it's disgusting. <laughs> I'll read it to you later. <laughs> read it. Read, no, read it. Go for it. Sensitive content. Some people, everybody would be upset. Okay, jerked off. Yes. It's disgusting. Do that edgy poem that no publication wants to have. No no radio station would ever host. Come on. As long as it's not child pornography. I. It's a bit unpublishable. I rubbed my two combs all over my cat. And now she has something to do. Under the belly, on the paw. Behind the ear, near the tail. Cringe. That was it? That was it. Wow. He I don't even... All over the cat. Okay. So let's do some well-educated people with bachelors and masters. Some, some well-educated analysis on this poem. <laughs> so... As you can see, he is definitely the most talented of the generation. Here's here's the thing, we if if we come from a generation and school of everything can be poetry, yeah, and you can write about anything, and the constrictions of meter and rhyme and formal elements has been like deconstructed, fucking a, a century ago, and we are for the democrat democratization of poetry to the extreme where it's like anyone can write anyone can write about anything and yeah. every poem can can be good regardless of subject matter then what can we make of this it's funny to laugh at it but it's harder to take it seriously and i think that's a challenge too and also like the maybe it is that maybe it is kind of like you, he pushes it there yeah just to challenge it. Well, for the joy of pushing like, it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, think of Bukowski poems that do the same thing. But maybe he's like, well, he is well known for being like the dirty old man or whatever, but <laughs> he's by now like well established as one of the seminal voices of like the American underbelly of those decades. Um, yeah. What's your question? What do we make of that? Yeah, what what do we make of that? What do you make of that? Um, Where is the poetry in those lines? In, in the reaction, <laughs> I think. In the reaction. There's the poetry, the um, either being shocked and being like, this is not poetry, or uh, in having a laugh because it's like funny and disgusting. Yeah, and, and, and also you're, you're, you're thinking like, oh, this is not supposed to be here. Yeah, and... Um, I don't know. I guess the at, at least at that time you had to make I don't know. Well, you didn't have to make a point, but he surely wanted to make a point. Hmm. No, I was thinking also about where we find poetry and where we expect to find poetry. You know, like you open a book of poetry and you read that and you're like, oh, this is a poem and how weird it is because this is not what I think of as poetry. Yeah. To some degree, everyone who reads that in that book thinks of it as a poem because it's there. If it was a YouTube comment, yeah. 
you wouldn't think like, oh, what is this poem doing on a YouTube comment, right? <laughs> exactly. The context decides how you see it. Yeah. To whatever degree. I surely wouldn't laugh at it if it was a YouTube comment. <laughs> There's plenty of YouTube comments like that, for example, like uh, we're shitting on YouTube. Good. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, if, if someone if someone wrote like a Shakespeare poet, uh, a Shakespeare sonnet on the YouTube comment, then you would think, oh, why? what is this Shakespeare sonnet doing on YouTube? Yeah. Because it's, it, it is out of place. Yeah. But I think that that comes from the idea. I'm thinking of what Ginsberg famously said, that um, poetry is like those, those things at night that you don't tell people um, those, yeah, all the things that you don't want to say. So this would definitely count. Yeah. You know, there's that line in how, like, a mother fucked and all of those, the darkness, basically, the unconscious um, oh. or the, the cringy, cringy. So I think maybe he's... Um, the cringy cringe. Can be also like a therapeutic thing, you know? Idea of poetry as to like... Um, be honest. <laughs> or be real. About abusing your cat. <laughs> yeah, I have to say this... I'm not talking about this poem specifically. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. make a statement about this poem if I could. <laughs> Avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to uh, find something that um something else in this book so i opened another random one oh. this is called snail poem from 58 make my grave shape of heart so like a flower be free aired and handsome felt grave root pillow tongue up from grave and wiggle at blown up cloud, ear turns close to under layer of green felt moss and sound of rain dribble through this layer, down to the roots that will tickle my ear. Hey grave, my toes knit cutting so file away in sound curve or garbage grave way above my head. Blood will soon trickle into my ear. No choice but the grave. So cat and sheep are daisy turned. Train will tug my grave, my breath hewing gentle vapor between wheel and track. So kitten, string and ball jump over this mound so gently and cutely so my toe can curl and become a snail and go curiously on its way. This is really hard to read because you can't see, but he misspelled everything. Cloud is spelled C-L-O-W-D, and I had to read it cloud, and I thought maybe it was crowd, and then when I said cloud, it made sense after I said the sentence. Or like, um, choice is like spelled with an S. There's like a E at the end of words that don't have it, like it's freaking Middle English or something. So it's really hard to read, <laughs> but I actually, liked it what do you think it's like um kind of stimulating i think it started off bad but then it became good <laughs> i i think i think the the beginning is a bit you know like 
just yeah. teenager poetry and <laughs> and then it becomes good. Yeah, I agree. The the kitten jumping over the grave and uh, making his toes curl is kind of like such a fucking cute image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the beginning, like the f the very first line, I think, was about like what a, a heart shaped grave. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Ugh. <laughs> that's oh no, a fifteen year old got his heart broken. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The associations are weird. Like the so cat and sheep are daisy turned. Mm. No choice but the grave, so cat and sheep are daisy turned and it gives you the idea of a daisy and then on the other side. So like that people are underground like upside down flowers. Pushing up daisies. Interesting. This was a an emotional adventure. <laughs> The third section is sending poems? Yes. Do you have a poem to send me? So I picked another uh, little collection of poetry that I got from Avail. Yes, James Finnegan. Yeah. Half Open Door. That I, I remember really liking this guy. You can see a picture of him here. And his poetry is like, as I remember it, light and airy. I don't know. So, this one is called Not Too Shadowy. It's not just a question of ash and bone. There is much more to it than that. On the first attempt, the hearse breaks down. On the second, the receiving cuboid of air floods. On the third, the water pumped clear. The coffin is lowered, but surfaces in the quiet of final prayers and floats up through the open grave. The curlews and oyster catchers and hooded crows each curves and tracks in the sky and sands of Lochinver. Of those who wander from care, a local gardener once said, when it gets dark, they want to head for home. It's nice. It's it's like the kind of I understand what you mean by airy. Like it has a that quality to it and I think that it's a very interesting way to talk about Anything. coffins and yeah. graves and the oyster catchers wherever they fit in there. Yeah. Yeah, and I like these kind of um, lighter poems. I find usually mm. towards the end they they compensate a little bit with a more powerful hit, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I think in this, like this line, I like it a lot. For example, the the spacing is different in like the first stanza. Sometimes there's more space between yes. the words, and then the that gives you still the feeling that you're a bit more floating in these. Um, mm -hmm in these ideas, and the last line of the poem is in italics. So that it, uh, it gets you in a definitely heavier way, which I appreciate a lot. Last line, uh, when it gets dark, they want to head for home. Kind of uh, yeah. much different from the tone of the rest of the poem. I think the whole poem has a sort of, like, <laughs> 
I felt like the more I read, the further back in time it was set. It was like the first few lines could be like 10, 20 years ago at the most, and then by the last line I, I feel like we are in the early 20th century or late 19th century as a... Not the language, but yeah. the setting that the language creates. Which was very weird to kind of read for the first time and experience it. Yeah, I agree. So I'm looking up, looking up what I, what you sent me. Yes. So I unfortunately I, I selected for you another long poem, <laughs> but but it's uh, it's perfect for you. The Lives of Birds, Richard Sagan. Yes. I like it. Yes. I have to say a bit of context. I'm in the bedroom now and I'm looking directly out of the window and there's this tree with like bird food so the yeah. birds keep coming here and sometimes when I go back like this yeah. I'm just looking straight outside and there's all sorts of <laughs> birds that I've been seeing since we started talking I love looking at birds Perfect. One, a man saw a bird and found him beautiful the bird had a song inside him, and feathers. Sometimes the man felt like the bird, and sometimes the man felt like a stone. Solid, inevitable. But mostly he felt like a bird, or that there was a bird inside him, or that something inside him was like a bird fluttering. This went on for a long time. Two, a man saw a bird and wanted to paint it. The problem, if there was one, was simply a problem with the question. Why paint a bird? Why do anything at all? Not how, because hows are easy, series or sequence, one foot after the other. But existentially, why bother? What does it solve? And just because you want to paint a bird, do actually paint a bird, it doesn't mean you've accomplished anything. Who gets to measure the distance between experience and its representation? Who controls the lines of inquiry? We do. Anyone can. Blackbird, he says. So be it, indexed and normative. But it isn't a bird, it's a man in a bird suit. Blue shoulders instead of feathers because he isn't looking at a bird, real bird, as he paints. He's looking at his heart, which is impossible. Unless his heart is a metaphor for his heart, as everything is a metaphor for itself. So that looking at the paint is like looking at the bird that isn't there, with a song in its throat that you don't want to hear that you paint anyway. The hand is a voice that can sing, but the voice will not. And the hand wants to do something useful. Sometimes at night, in bed, before I fall asleep, I think about a poem I might write. Someday about my heart, says the heart. Three. They looked at the animals. They looked at the walls of the cave. This is earlier. These are different men. They painted in torchlight. Red mostly, sometimes black. Mamas, lion, horse, bear, things on a wall, in profile or superimposed, dynamic and alert.
They weren't animals, but they looked like animals. Enough like animals to make it confusing. Meant something, but the meaning was slippery. It wasn't there, but it remained. Looked like the thing, but wasn't the thing. It was a second thing, following a second set of rules. And it was too late. The power over it was no longer absolute. What is alive and what isn't? And what should we do about it? Theories about the nature of the thing and of the soul. Because people die. The fear that nothing survives. The greater fear that something does. The night sky is vast and wide. They huddled closer, shoulder to shoulder, painted themselves in herds, all together and apart from the rest. They looked at the sky and at the mud, and at their hands in the mud, and their dead friends in the mud. This went on for a long time. For to be a bird, or a flock of birds doing something together, one or many, starling or murmuration. To be a man on a hill, or all the men on all the hills, or half a man shivering in the flock of himself. These are some choices. The night sky is vast and wide. A man had two birds in his head, not in his throat, not in his chest, and the birds would sing all day, never stopping. The man thought to himself, one of these birds is not my bird. The birds agreed. I really like how he uses repetition, um, like inside every sentence, but also throughout the poem. But the last part, I felt like I was in the poem and I was following it. And it was like heart to heart until the last five lines. Why? But that's probably part of the... Maybe if I read it again like 10 times. Maybe, and also I would say, so this is from his... Uh, from Saikon's second collection. Uh, and... It has a general theme of uh, animals, yeah. duality, and knowledge. And I the, not the identity of things, but kind of like definition of things. So. There's lines like, a hammer is a hammer when it hits the nail, yeah. in another poem. And the duality of things, so there are two birds. Kind of, uh, again, I'm gonna, like, okay, next time we're reading Jeff or something. Because in Jeff, again, there's two, two brothers named Jeff. Duality is generally a big theme with uh, Saiken. Uh, but also distinguishing between two things that appear the same, and that's where knowledge comes from. and. Uh, where, uh, where where the knowledge theme comes from and yeah. where the definition theme comes from and uh, you read lines like everything is a, a metaphor for itself which adds another layer to uh, kind of how we understand words. I love that part. And in the, the second part or the third part where he says they looked at the animals, they looked at the walls of the cave. This is earlier, these, these are different men. And he does it throughout the, the collection where he kind of goes back on something he says. Oh, what you think was happening is not actually happening. This is something else, just like, and it's disconnected. 
it just comes together outside of the narrative, just thematically. Yeah, I thought this part added a lot and um, I don't know, it changed all the poem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, no, yeah, I mean, it's a, a obvious thing to say, but um, the night sky is vast and wide, thinking that that man from, you know, the other time, other place, sees the same mm. whiteness in the sky that a primitive man would see. Yes. I thought it was very beautiful. <laughs> um, the repetition of the feelings, and the repetition of the perceptions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for thinking that I would love this poem. <laughs> I think, well, I've told you before that War of the Foxes is generally a, a collection that you would enjoy a lot. Um, yeah. Because you also write about animals and <laughs> talking animals. And there's like War of the Foxes, which is the titular, the titular uh, poem, has rabbits talk to mm -hmm. each other and hiding hiding from foxes. And it's the, the War of the Foxes, right? And one rabbit hides inside of another rabbit for fear of the fox. And it's the, the imagery is, it's like when he writes that, it's not even violent, it's metaphysical. It's very serene in this setting where he has raw nature kind of, you know, predator and prey. The fox is looking for a rabbit in the in the tall yeah. grass and the rabbit is trying to hide from the fox. And at the same time, it's all yeah. very serene in a way, in the way that it's written. And it's generally very beautiful uh, yeah. to read it from his perspective. It reminds me, I think, does it remind you because you've read the, um, all the poems of uh, like uh, Tadeu's animal poetry, if you've read it. I haven't. Sounds to me like there may be some... Uh... I've read The Crow. Is it called The Crow or The Raven? <laughs> no, not The Raven. It, is it called just The Crow? The the collection? I don't know. The poem. The poem. The long poem. There's a lot of poems that you wrote about us. But this is the most famous one. I remember we read a few. It's just called Crow. Crow is the one I read, but we're talking about like yeah. six years ago, so I don't remember it. I, I think we read like about five, or maybe I read about five, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he also moves to like more general uh, symbols and metaphors, but a lot of it is trying to capture some um, some really animal instinct or, you know, power or like nature. Yeah. And second is more abstract would be an interesting comparison and i want to read the book is there a poem called like the fox uh the fox no it's uh, no. from what i remember it's like the one poem about foxes actually it's just war of the foxes okay i've read that one well we'll have to go to jeff next time i agree yeah but jeff is very long it's gonna take like 20 minutes to read it Obviously, one of my intentions here is to widen my poetry horizons, so I don't want to keep reading the same po po poets over and over. So I will, I, I will, I will read a new Saigon poem next time, maybe, and then I will um, go on to different 
different writers, maybe writers I've never heard of before, and uh, pick up something from uh, anthologies. I wanted to do that too, but I think I need to start uh, looking for some some poems online as well, because I wanted to use the books, but my books are going to be like <laughs> Jack Kerouac. Yeah, 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 exactly. Leonard it's Cohen. the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to. I mean, I still have uh, like seven North anthologies if I'm desperate, but <laughs> mm. I think I look more uh, online to things that I've heard or to names that I don't know. Yeah. Also, you can uh, take a photo of the poem you want to send me beforehand, maybe, so that uh, you can make sure. And also, I was, you know, like, I also looked... I, I wanted to send you something from this collection. Thankfully, there are several of his poems that were published online uh, from publications, but uh, I will probably also be sending you um, photos and stuff in the future. Yeah. I was just going to ask whether you wanted to read something of your own. Oh, no, but I'm getting there. I haven't written anything new, but if you read something of yours, I will read something old of mine as, you know, like, yes. in solidarity. <laughs> so you're not, you're yes. not alone in the spotlight and uh, Thank maybe you. it will get me writing again. Yeah. I love your poetry, Platon. I always thought that I liked it more than your short stories when you were writing both short stories and poetry for like those years. I agree. I don't think my short stories are good. I liked your short stories as well, but I thought you... I don't know, you underrate your poetry. Or maybe it just matches with my taste in some way, but I don't know. <laughs> I like I agree with you that the poetry is better than the short stories that I've written, just because I think that my writing is more abstract. Just on that basis, mm -hmm. kind of... My short stories have no plots and no real kind of narrative, so that... Which is okay. You could say easily that my poems have more of a narrative in there than the short stories. So when I when I have a narrative in mind, I it's easier to explore in poetry because the way I see it, in poetry you can say that something happened and it will be or rather you can say that something happened but then that doesn't need to be like okay so where is this going what happens next what impact does this have on the plot or whatever like that's like typical short story questions or why did this happen what does it say in poetry it can be like this happened and if you say it right then you don't need to say anything else it doesn't need to be more uh, or it doesn't need to be explained further. It's, it, it can stay there and give a, an impression that maybe prose can't do. I don't know. It, or it's been my experience at least. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, definitely. When, when you write something and you want to read, I will read something. I wiped too. my cum all over my cat. <laughs>